Liz. From More Than Words. We do this every week and we never get the time right. Just cut it out, Liz. Just say your name. You know I'm going to say. It's the anticipation. Like, oh my God, I'm about to talk. It's my turn. It's my turn. But I talk all day long, so I don't know what's the difference. We talked about this a little bit yesterday when we had our intentions meeting at Mm -hmm. this coffee shop that here in Houston. And we talked about how, like, like I'm first generation American, first to go to college, and also I'm in a biracial uh, marriage, and and I'm kind of I feel very different and outside of my family a lot of the times, you know. Um, I get a lot of comments of like, "Ooh, you know, she's educated, she has her college degree." I feel very different than a lot of my family members, right? And um, then something happens and then I go right back into my culture and I'm like, no, I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. That's what you mean. Like it's coming up. I feel something coming up. It feels familiar. It feels feels family dinner-ish. And it's comforting. Yeah. Like it's, and it's also very comforting too. Like, yeah, you know what? No, that is my culture and I'm holding on to it. And yes, I, certain times in my life, I've had to assimilate many a times to fit into different spaces because I didn't feel like I belonged, Um, especially working in a very white male dominated industry for such a long time. Um, You know, I I had to kind of shape shift a lot. And sometimes I, I, I got lost. Sometimes I came back, but I'm definitely back right now in my culture, in that comfort zone. And it's very comforting. And <laughs> wait, wait, you got to give us an example. You all vague and corporate. If no, you don't tell I'm vague and corporate. What are you doing here? Like, so, who is we talking to? Uh, our, what happened? What happened? In our, in our culture, we have this thing called a manda. M-A-N-D-A. It's a manda. It is a Mexican tradition for milagros or miracles. And usually when time of uncertainty, sometimes it's health, sometimes it's wealth, sometimes it's just difficult times that you're going through. And and it's either for you or you do it on behalf of someone else. And, um, and what you do is you take like a miracle and you, and you, you, you kind of pray for it and you say, okay, if, if this adversity, if we pull through to this and everything works out well, I'm going to take this milagro, this coin, or it could be different things. Like it could be a picture or sometimes people take like hospital bands or whatever it may be, crutches. And I'm going to take this to the saint that I prayed to. to and I'm going to take this to and have a pilgrimage and take it to this church and pray and give my gratitude and my thanks to this. And that's Amanda. And it's a family event. So I grew up. I, people always tell me when I went to university, all these amazing places that they, that they went for, for, for vacation, I would go back home to Reynosa to see my family. And more often than not, we would be taking pilgrimages in minibuses, so we were like two, three minibuses packed to the rim. We were all going, and everybody's different people had different mandas or 
gratitude moments. And we all drove up to uh, La Virgen del Chorrito, which is the um, the waterfall of the Virgin. And so it's a big, big church. And we go and do these mandas there. And of course, as a teenager, you're like, ah, this is boring. I want to go back to America and, you know, I don't know, eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something. (laughs) It's summer. It's summer. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be doing mandas. I want to be watching TV, (laughs) going and eating my bolis. And like, that's what I want to be doing. I don't want to be doing mandas. What are you doing? Yes. So I started thinking about, okay, so what's happening right now in our family we have started phase one of moving over to the UK. Well, I think it's like a hundred and billion. I don't know what phase we're in, but we're in a phase. And my husband and my children are over in the UK and I am here. And there's so much uncertainty. I feel stuck. And I start thinking about like a lot of our coaching clients, right? And so the things that they go through that where they are, they have these feelings of feeling stuck and there's a lot of uncertainty. And it's like, I have two choices, right? I have lots of choices, but in my mind, I have two choices. I have one where I can be constantly frustrated and like constantly crying, like in a telenovela, like real dramatic, like, ay, Dios mio, Mm -hmm. right? Or I can say, no, everything's going to end up working out the way it should. There's a plan. There's reasons why this is happening. Um, And and so I don't want to be the frustrated, anxious side of me. That's not what I want right now because it's not helping me in any kind of way. So what I did was like, you know what? I'm going to do a manda. I'm going to do a manda for this and I'm going to like sacrifice something. And then once I'm, everything's resolved and it works out the way it should work out and we're, I'm back together with my family, then I will go and do a pilgrimage. I'm going to have to find a church in England, or I don't know, maybe I'll make my own church. I don't know, something, but it's going to be some version of a pilgrimage. Why not go to church, right? We've talked about me being agnostic. I was about to say, what's going on here? You making a church? I don't know how to get involved. Don't co-sign that for this podcast. And we did, <laughs> I didn't say that. I just want to put your, put your name underneath that part in the caption. Because we, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I looked at you. I said, you had me at church. But creating the, creating an experience so that yes. you can create that. So creating my own like pilgrimage experience, creating that church experience, which which is what I do normally, right? So then I started thinking about my Milagro story and how I come back to DEI. And first, what comes up for me is the differences and the commonalities, right? We all have fears. We have a lot of loss. Sometimes we're grieving things. But yet we process it differently. And my approach is very similar to um, what I saw during those pilgrimages. And I take it back to my tias, right? I take it back to my abuelita and my mom and how they bonded together in in a community to help someone. And it wasn't themselves all the time. More often than not, it was for other people. That was also my answer to your question from our very first episode when we introduced our podcast to everyone and you said, where does this like, where does this reach out come from? Why did you even reach out? And this whole experience is, and why community is so important to me. And it's part of my thread. It's part of my, my core. And it's definitely one of my values 
It's that manda. It's that reaching out for other people, ensuring that they're okay, doing check-ins. And that's who I am in any space. Like I think about who I was um, as a leader in my, in my, in my workplace, my check-ins, my flexibility, the coaching, the accountability. It was like a workplace manda for my group to ensure their, their like sense of belonging and their community and their safety in whatever way, shape or form that meant to them. So I think it was so interesting that something I was so against growing up, right? Like I want to be in the summer. I want to be over there with my English speaking friends. (laughs) It's something that is serving me at 38 when I have my own kids. That's when them traditions show up. Them traditions show up when you get grown enough to understand. You be like, I don't know if I understand. I quite get it. But let me just say, first of all, appreciate this conversation around your pigwitch now. You done gave us the history history. I was like, oh, Liz, with the history history and the, all the Espanol. I was like, okay, you better lean in on your culture, honey. I'd be like, okay, I was proud of you. I was writing down, I was like, you better go ahead. You ain't telling me about this manga. Why was it involved? Well, I couldn't go with you. Let me just say, I, first of all, I'm proud of you, right? Because I know the vulnerability it takes to, to talk about your journey and the fact that it's full circle as so many people, so many people are going through these big old pivots in their life where things are starting to connect and be important to them. But I will say, the funniest thing is I'm listening to this story and I was like, how does that relate to my culture? I said, you know what? It don't relate 100%, but I tell you the strategy though, the organizing, that part really resonated. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, anybody though, especially in my family, in black culture, we strategize, right? So we call each other on the phone. We be like, okay, so you know this going on, right? We know this is happening, right? So what are we going to do, right? So I'm coming over. Let's go talk about it at your house. Or we're going to talk about it on the phone. Or we're going, if it's real severe, we rolling up. So we're like, we're going to have to get in the car and then roll down there and see what's going on with the family. And then when we get there, we got to be, you know, you're like, okay, everything good. We got to scope it out with our eyes. We listening hard. But you know what really got me was when, okay, we about to either fast or food. So we, we fast when we grown, but back in the day, it was food. So we ate. It was like, all right, let's see what we get, see what's going on here. And we would eat versus now we fast. Because I was like, back then we probably was hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> it out there. I, I ain't saying we was, but I feel like that was the spirit, right? But then you're right. At that moment, praying, right? Being in chameleon and being specific about what it is that we all need to be focused on on the family and whether we prayed or we were just like all right so you can go check in on them okay you're gonna check okay then I'm gonna go over there with a pie you know what I mean like that whole spirit of being in community and strategically um understanding that it takes all of us right to make things get better be better and to work is a collective effort and to hear it in your way right and to hear how I was like oh that's how we we do the same thing we just ain't formal about it but it is a process right and then let's just say you know the one thing I do appreciate is that you know the fact that you shared that story it goes back to you're right when we talked about community how informal some of the formal traditions show up even when we when we less notice it like I didn't even connect all those dots until you were talking about so I have my theory about you know especially well in my experience like what I've seen is when I am in moments of uncertainty or moments of of I'm not really sure or it's a very very difficult situation 
I know at the end of the day, everything's going to work out the way it should work out. But what I tend to do is I go back to my culture. For honestly, the full circle-ness of this conversation kind of sets us up perfectly for our guest today because the person you're about to meet, right? So we're, we have a guest today um, and our guest, uh, and Liz is not going to tag team this because we have experienced this person differently and in a good way. So when I met this person, right? I'm going to be very transparent. So y'all just, y'all bear with me, give me the spirit of grace. I was in this course, right? So I signed up for this course. Everybody kept saying, it's a, it's a really hard course. It's going to really challenge you. I'm like, listen, after CDI, bring it, right? Because coach diversity, hard, hard, right? Uh, it gets in your bones and your spirit. This course was a little different. Um, it was just as intense, but at the end of the day, you know, you kind of have a lot of ambiguity, right? Until it all comes together. So what I say is I go in this class, I'm literally five minutes in this class and I'm like, okay, I'm not sure I signed up for the right one. I don't know if this is the right place I'm supposed to be because this, I don't know what they talk about. And then I looked around and you know how you start looking at the virtual room. You're like, who in here? I, I need some belonging <laughs> and some community. I happen to glance in my box, right? And I see this person. So I was like, okay, look at this black woman. All right. She is there just sitting there confidently and she like comes straight out the gate with a question. I said, wow, so this type of person I need to keep an eye on. So one of the things was, I remember was one, not only, you know, one of those things I have to do, I'm in a lot of spaces where I'm the only, so I'm always looking for somebody like me, like who is like me, thank goodness. But this individual asked a question that was so powerful that it made me question if I was in the right class again, because I'm literally five, 10 minutes into this program. I have nothing. I, was, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm not sure if this is at my level. And her question and skills, her ability to be vulnerable in the moment and ask a question was the very thing that made me say, I'm gonna stay a little longer. And so that type of engagement kind of set the course for how she showed up, not just in that class, but outside of um, our relationship past that class. So I just want to say that sometimes when you meet a person, uh, the, your, that first impression can almost be the very thing that lets you know you're in the right place. And every time I interact with this person, I'll be like, I'm in the right place, right? And then also I need to level up. I need to level up and I'm in the right place. But I'm a level up too. Okay. So Liz, before we say the person, how did you know our guest? And and what has been your experience with her? Well, we were both in that same certification class. And you're right, it was a very difficult one. And I was in a breakout room. I had noticed her, you know, I think at the same time, like you kind of noticed her too, where she did like prompt these really like great questions. And um, we were in a breakout room and I was very vulnerable. I don't think I've ever shared this story with you. How can I say this? I, I shared a very vulnerable moment during that time. And it was about you as, my, as me and your friend, as like, how can I, as a Latin woman, support my friend and be an ally who is a Black woman? And I don't know, I don't think I've ever shared it with Toy that it was you. But it was, it was, it was you. And I think because a lot of emotions were coming up and she coached me right then and there, right then and there, she coached me. And she said, if you need me, reach out. And that to me, like, again, going back to the mandas and my tias and all that stuff, it, 
that's where the instant connection came from because she reached out to me in a way that was at where I needed to be. And I don't think she knows that, 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 that's how she, um, that was a playing field. She met me where I was at, where I needed to be at, at that time. And then, and then we just, our, our friendship just kind of evolved from there. And so we don't talk often, but when we do, boy, it's powerful. So with that, that was a ooh, long introduction. Ooh, come on, break her out, break her out. Hey, I, I want to introduce Toy James and um, an author of Talk About It. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an incredible DEI facilitator. She's an amazing coach. Um, y'all pick up that book. Where's my Kindle? I lost. I was gonna say yes. Let's talk about a book. If you can, first of all, you better get on it and put it. You better buy it. Don't check your Amazon card. It'll, it'll be gone. You won't yes. get it. Toy James, uh, uh, Red Ink Enterprises, all that. We're gonna just drop yes. all these names in here. Yes. Welcome to the show, Toy. I'm so hey, happy. Toy. <laughs> you guys are about to have me crying over here. I have not heard either one of those stories. Yes, I, that's how we do. Shared. I, I remember you both in in the sessions, of course, because they were. I mean, again, the course was very. It, it did. It, it forced us to be in vulnerable places in order to know how to facilitate vulnerable spaces, right? So, I remember those experiences you're referring to. I just did not know the impact, and I think sometimes people forget that when you are just a hundred percent yourself all the time people see that, feel that, respond to that. And you leave an impression that you just have no idea you did. Yeah. See how um, she but- talked to us? See how she talked to us? That's how she talked. That's how she was showing up in that place. See how you do it? See, she just come out the gate. She only got time for it. She's like, let me just say how you show up authentically a hundred percent. Just go on and leave us here. Go on and finish this show so we could just be good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're done. Go ahead, Toy. You got the show. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. Just gonna let them know what you. We're gonna get our cafecito. Our, yeah, y'all got this. Y'all got this from here. But Toy, seriously, I I I don't know what you said to uh, Liz in that moment, but I and I never heard that story, so I will. I thank you for that because Liz has a way of being very cool, calm, and collected, even though she'll cry on you for like in a heartbeat. She's just a person who has always showed up with me authentically, but specifically uh in those more difficult times when we've been talking about the vulnerability around being blackness and womanhood and blackness so if you are just a half a percent of what has really contributed to our friendship thank you so much for that because i did not know that and that means a lot to me and i ain't gonna cry because i ain't got time for it today <laughs> well I really look, if it happens we'll just i don't know if we keep it or buddy will edit it out but like Listen. you know i'm a very emotional state and it's don't really hot it. in my room <laughs> Listen, I think my AC that went off and my diffuser is going crazy. It looked like a forest fire in here. I was like, oh, I'm glad this thing is blurred. I don't know what's going on. My diffuser went extra. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things, Toy, that we like to do is to start our guests off with the diversity well. So we sent this over to you before you came onto our show. And... Um, and one of the things that, and, and, our, and our listeners, we post this on our Instagram page. So check out our um, resources stories. There is the diversity wheel. And we like to talk about the various dimensions that either are important to you 
or define who you are and how you show up in different spaces. So share with us what are the dimensions that are important to you at this moment? Um, sure. Thank you so much for sharing the diversity wheel because it gave me something to think about. So I thought that was a really good question um, as I looked at it. And of course, I'm at the core, right? The thinking style, which kind of is informed by the external and internal dimensions. Mm -hmm. I specialize in inclusive communications and engagement. And I do that because one, I think when you communicate with someone, they if you allow them to bring their full selves, right? You get so much magic. You get to learn so much that is like you, different than you and perspectives you've never considered. So I always found that to be critical. Not to mention, I'm just, I love stories. I mean, what can I say? I love a good story. Which is why you have a book out. Have you mentioned that? <laughs> okay, that let's talk about that out. book. That's a book, that's a book, it's a book, it's a book. Every, it's Amazon. every organization, any form of community, whether it's workplace, whether it's church, whether I would even say like a mom's club, right? Were you, as, and like, especially here in Houston, you have so much diversity. There's so many backgrounds, religion, all this stuff. Your book has really taught me how to talk about it, like how to engage in different conversations and like reach out and, and, and hear other people's perspectives as opposed to me judging someone so harshly based on my own perspectives and my own story. So talk about it, get the book, Amazon it, cart it, yes, Prime. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I think that one thing that also gets me, right, because if, if anybody's watching a video, right, Toy is a Black woman, okay, so showing up with all her uh, natural, yeah, you better work, okay, y'all see why I saw her at that class, I was like, come on, sis, we coming in right here letting them know we are here, we taking up all this square, we taking all this square up, uh, but what I would say is, I, I love that you started with Think Your Styles, because it's it's oftentimes people make assumptions and stereotype us because of what we may look like visually or maybe even how we speak and they would not think that's the dimension in which like thinking that would be something that we lead with and so you know tell me a little bit or tell everybody a little bit about like what stereotypes typically come up as you navigate this work specifically if you feel like you lead right and that's important to you to lead in a thinker style standpoint um, stereotypes. Well, as, as a black woman, um, a, a black American is is really interesting because one, some people don't know that they don't know that I'm black. They think that I'm a little bit amb ambiguous, which is hilarious. I'm from South Carolina, so I'm a country southern black woman, and so I just find that amazing. Um, but I always feel like I have to prove myself over and over again. The assumption is never that she must already know what she's doing because she's talking about it. It's like, oh. Let me see what she let me see what she can do. Whereas, and we know studies have proven that men, they are based, they're basically judged on potential. Women are judged on experience. Who moves up the ladder quicker? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, also, who who also gotta make sure they let them know we taking this little whole day because we've been moving <laughs> so fast. We need a break break. Put me on a right. break break. Put me on a break right. break. But you're right though, right? So that some of the things that we talk about is that constant need 
to have to demonstrate that we belong in that space and switching that mindset for some to say, you know, we're going to do both. We're going to take up the space and demonstrate our experience, but also be authentic to ourselves, which is a new shift, right? Because oftentimes we're like, well, what happened when I get to the table? I don't feel like I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be there. No, no, no. You already there. So we, that we, we passed, should have, could have, would have be there now it's time for you to demonstrate that experience but you're right most people were at that point of authenticity and trying to figure out you know what are those spaces where it's beyond competence what else can we bring to the table so one of the things toy that right now when you just said your experience about having to just navigate as a black woman in different spaces Now I think about that facilitation course that we did and how you reached out to me. And I'm making this assumption, so please correct me if if I'm wrong here. But your experiences in your past that you've had and trying to always prove yourself is why you, you, A, you're such a great facilitator and coach because those experiences are driving, like saying, I know how I felt being treated and in a certain way and not having that sense of belonging and not having that community and always having to like go upstream. I'm always going to reach out to people. Exactly. And, and I felt like I, in this moment, like it's just come a year <laughs> later. It's all, co- it's like my Manda story. It's all coming back. <laughs> Ooh, maybe being vulnerable is a good thing. <laughs> It is. It's scary, but it's it's really, if you want the relationships or the experiences that you really desire, you have to put, you have to be clear about what that is, how that feels, what that looks like, and you have to open yourself up. Mm-hmm. And Toy, I guess I have a question. When did, you know, when did you realize that you had this ability to be an inclusive communicator and connector? I think I've always done it. Honestly, because I have, even in my friend circle, I have groups of friends. So someone's like, oh, I really, I need somebody who does X. And I'm like, hold on, let me reach out to my friend. I think that they do that. So I just, I just think because of the community, even if they're disconnected from each other, they're still a part of mine. Mm-hmm. So let me build that connection because I'm an only child, right? So I had to work at this and I know what it's like to do things in silo. And sometimes it's more difficult. Sometimes it's necessary to at least start in silo, but you always need to build a community to support you, whom you could support, all of that. Um, in the workplace, I've always, I worked in public affairs, corporate responsibility and communication. So I've always had to include other people in the work that I was doing, mm-hmm. not to mention diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. Of course you have to include other people. That's the job. Mm-hmm. Wow. How interesting that my, the story that I shared is our, like how we're kind of still talking about this, right? Like we're not still talking about, but how <laughs> it comes up, how we're, we're, it always goes back to like how we were raised, the community that we were in, our cultures, our traditions. And we talk a lot about like story, you, you use this a lot, storytelling as well too. And it's like, this really is your kind of survival guide on how and this is how you show up in places yes i think storytelling is critical because in those stories you find the connection you also see the differences again where the magic is it's like oh i never thought about that or i've never experienced that tell me more Mm. and if you come from a place of curiosity as opposed to judgment because you judge the person's going to shut down no please tell me your story i want to understand your perspective i want to understand your experience because in that i understand who you are 
Yeah, absolutely. Have you, have you ever asked that question and, and been surprised by the answer on the other side? Oh my God, all the time. And I love it. I Do love tell. It Do tell. Time. Oh my gosh. Um, I can't tell folks business, but just know. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's just a public uh, forum. It's okay. Nobody going to know. Nobody <laughs> going to know. Nobody going to know. It's just going to be us. Everybody be quiet. But what I will say, when I allow people to be vulnerable and tell their full truths, that they thank me in the end, because I'm not judgmental. Because I come with more questions like, oh my God, that's so interesting. I never considered that. Or I never thought I would do that. But in the way you explained it, let me give me something to consider. Mm, um, yeah. Can you imagine though, if everyone felt that way, that they belonged wherever they are, as they are, that a lot of the isms would disappear. And that's why we do this work. And that's why yeah. we do this work. Because one of the biggest things that Liz and I saw, saw specifically when we were working in organizations, either as employees or leading this work, is that oftentimes the story, the individual has no place. It's so heavy on the collective that you just get drowned out. Like in, in the individual stories is where the work is being inspired and, and, and people are actually having like incremental impacts every day in this in this work. But also what's happening is people are growing and evolving per every experience. And we've been missing out on that conversation because, you know, everything is so lofty around DNI. It's like, oh, we got to have change. It's the societal heaviness of it. And it's like, no, no, no. Every day <laughs> we are navigating these <laughs> systems and spaces. And, and there is an impact. You don't, may not feel it all the time, but if you have been in our communities, our spaces, you read your book or other, or, or you're listening to this podcast, you are actively engaging in broadening your experience and broadening the, what you may have to offer in this space as well. I mean, yeah. to yourself and others. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Toy. No, I was just going to piggyback off of what Shara said. It's basically, people you hear or you read like on, on LinkedIn and other social media sites, like, oh, we got, we're done talking. We got to do. And I'm like, oh, push it back. What are you doing? Right. Who's agreed to it? Who's at the table? Who's having a conversation? What informed those decisions? Who's it going to impact? No, you're never done talking. It yeah. really is how are you communicating? And how are you doing that? And sometimes it's the unspoken too. Right, because we can we communicate with our eyes and our bodies and all that stuff. It's like, well, what is being unspoken? Because usually that's where that's where the good that's stuff is at, is. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're and we're always doing. So that's the other piece. It's like, listen, every day that I show up in this space that I am not welcome and I create a sense of belonging for myself and others, it's the work. It's the work. Mm-hmm. It, it's the work because because the opposite of that is like all right i'm out <laughs> this for somebody else they go out to build their own bridge i'm sorry this i'm, I'm done well and, so, and some people don't have a choice but to do the work right like right. to do that inner work which is the hardest work that you can do some people don't have a choice they don't have that privilege to say nah i don't want to do it today I, I'm not, I'm not leaning in having that conversation. I'm not, I don't want to have this difficult conversation. Let's, let's do rather than listen because we've listened for far too long. I'm like, who decided when we were done, right? <laughs> who, who was that? Who decided this? Did the collective decide this or were you just done because it's uncomfortable? Right. Right. But that makes up a good question. 
So I guess to you know, yeah. something inspired you. I mean, you wrote this book in the midst of it all. So you're going to have to, you have to tell the folks, the folks, the folks, <laughs> how we got to this point. Because I'll tell you right now, when, when I met you in that class, I mean, that class was hard, right? But when you yeah. were like, yeah, and I'm writing this book and it's coming out, I said, well, you know, sis, I don't know about you, but I ain't got nothing left. I'm barely in the <laughs> class. Um, because I don't know if you see 2020 and 2021 repeat. I don't know, but I don't know how you got extra strength. Please tell us, you know, what and, or who inspired you to write a book and specifically the, around the timing of how this all transpired. Well, I was working in corporate America at the time in a pandemic, so I was home a lot, right? But in the work of DEI, the one, the, the things I always heard was like, oh, you know, we'll have meetings like, well, I don't, you know, like, please engage with your, your team members, ask how they're doing, check in with them, find out how you can help. Well, well, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I just don't say anything. And I was like, you know, silence is saying something, right? Silence is an action. And I was like, but what would it sound like if you lived with that? Like, you know what? I care about you. I'm not really sure what to say. I saw the same thing on the news. How is that impacting you? And if you want to discuss it or not, just tell me how I can help you. So I would hear that a lot. And I was like, people really are, it's fear. Everything kind of boils down to fear of either rejection, negative response, um, disconnection, whatever that fear is. And so I wrote a book to eliminate the fear. This is how you can do this without really worried about being judged because the point of any conversation that's meaningful is to understand the other person's perspective as well as your own. So do your homework before you have difficult conversations and to connect with that person on a human level. But Toy, not everybody wake up and be like, I'm gonna write a book. So I'm just asking, um, I'm just asking for the people. The people curious, okay. uh, because you know, you just said that so lightly. I was like, oh, she got the spirit. She just woke up. Sometimes I struggle to just make dinner. So wait, what, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, because on the drive? We, we do this, we do like a draft for our guests. And sometimes I'm like, how do I, what word am I thinking? And then my Spanish and English get all confused. So if I wrote a book, it'd be like uh, Spanglish. And it'd be, I would start with one story and then I'd go over here and then I'd bring like a Thea story and then there'll be like uh, crumbs because I'm eating something. <laughs> but yeah, you have I, an audience for that though. There is somebody out there who needs your story. There is somebody uh, out there who will be see, inspired by that. See how she amazing nice. and inspiring she been, she is. She being nice, Liz. She being nice. Uh-uh, don't no, go there. No, I, I don't really tell Liz that. that. But no, Liz, the reason... The how really was, I'm sitting on my couch after a long day because I'm literally, um, I, the experience was I had a job with this company that I did well. Our senior vice president was like, Toy, you do this DEI stuff well. How do we keep these communication, uh, the communications going? So as a part of a side job, that became a part of my job. So I built a program. I was like, if you want, if you want to do an event, you could do that. But if you want to keep it going, then give me two weeks. So I developed an entire program for the organization, uh, communications, education, and engagement. One so I'm doing part. both of those. So at the end of the day, I'm exhausted, but I'm in my house all the time. So I am watching TV and I was like, people just don't know how to communicate. So I was like, I'll just write an outline out. So I just went out watching television. Friday night, I'm not going anywhere, pandemic. I'll just start the first chapter. I'll get some research done. In a month's time, the book was written. 
Wow. Well, the first draft, like it went through a lot of <laughs> iterations, but yes, um, because it's, it's written very simply, like it's, it's very practical. It's not like I had to dream up anything. It was very practical. So, and as a coach, the whole book is based on coaching methodology. How do you have a conversation? It's basically how we coach other people. When I read the book, you kind of have those moments where you're like, gosh, this is so simple. I feel silly. Like, <laughs> and you may, like you mentioned that you're like, this is simple. Like, why do, why are we overcomplicating it? Let's go back to the basics. Let's go back yeah. to the foundations. And I love it. Like this, this it's, 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 a, it's amazing. Now you did talk about your shift from going into corporate into entrepreneurship. And I will share a story of a conversation that you and I had after my first session, there she goes, reaching out again. <laughs> so I went through CDI. There's Matia. I, I went to CDI. Now she's kind of like my hermana because she's real young. Um, went to CDI, had my first session. Toy, Toy texts me. She says, hey, how did it go? And she offered, she said, if you want to chat about it, just call me. And I'm like, I mean, Toy's. Toys, busy. Right, like, right, she, right. She, she's, <laughs> a, she's an author. She's a book author. She's a facility. Like, she has coaching clients. Like, she's reaching yeah. out to me. And I said, um, well, actually, like, and at this point, my husband was like, I am done. Like, don't chit chat to me anymore. <laughs> stop, stop practicing on me. Stop, right. stop coaching me. Like, don't I need ask you to me stop. another question. No I gotta question. put chicken nuggets in the oven. Okay, stop it. <laughs> and so I said, well, actually, like, yeah, like, if you have five minutes, I'd love to chit chat with you. Yep, sure. Call me in a little bit. So I called her. And we talked about this shift between corporate and entrepreneurship, because one of the things that came up for me with CDI was, um, and I and, and I, I think I we talked about this in another session where I felt like I reached a glass ceiling in my mm in my, in, in my company, in my company. And again, as coaches, we always try to figure out why our clients are feeling stuck and how do we create this forward momentum for our clients and the shift in whatever way, form or shape. And we co-create these plans together, um, that are actionable. Right. And I felt stuck at this time. And I felt honestly, how I felt at that time was like, I don't belong in this room with all these amazing professionals who are already coaching this is just like a, a, a checkbox like I'm having to bring out all my armor off and then rebuild myself so I had this conversation with Toy about this corporate to entrepreneurship and she shared with me very openly her story and I don't think you know what that did for me at that time I, I like it empowered me so much just by you sharing your story with me where I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel like such a weirdo. I shouldn't use that word. Sherry gets mad at me all the time for using that word. It's not but me. Your, your son did that. Your son scared me when I said that word. <laughs> Don't put it on me. He put the pressure on me. I said it. I said the W word. He gave me the look. He was like, and we don't do that. I was like, oh. We don't use that word. We, <laughs> we don't, don't, use we don't call word. people weird. We don't call people oh. weird. But like, I felt so, um, especially like in my family, like, Corporate America was just the next thing, right? Like I, I, 
I took this very scary journey. I already took my scary journey. My scary journey was going to university, graduating and becoming a professional working for corporate in America. That was my journey. Like that was it. My, you're done. Like, this is it. This is you for the next 30 something, 50 years, whatever. I don't know how long you retire, but like whatever you did, this is who you are. And I said, and I'm at that time, something was pulling in me that said, there is a bigger impact. There is something that I want to give this world. And I don't want to just do it for one organization. I want to do it big. I want a huge platform. I want to empower a ton of people. I want to put my voice out there. And I'm bringing Cheryl along with me and hence our podcast. And that, that story and you talking to me helped me shift that. And I, and, and I thank you for that because I don't think I've ever shared that with you, but I really appreciate it. And I thank you for that conversation. But I'm pretty sure that shift was so scary for you. So what was your biggest like lesson learned in, on the, in that shift? In the shift itself, um, one, that my community is amazing. Um, shout out to Dr. Tawana Burroughs, uh, coach Tony Farmer, who have been huge advocates, who kind of called me out like, so when are you going to leave? Got the skills, got the talent got training, you got everything you need. So what's up? Whatever you do, we have your back. We will support you. Not to mention my friends, my, my regular friends who are not at all in this field, like Toy, you will be great. This is what you do already. Mm-hmm. Do it, just do it. And we'll support you any way we know how. So when I had the support and I knew that I was ready, like on paper, but I had to let go of the mindset that but I'm in, I work in corporate America and this a dream. But it became so uncomfortable for me to be there that, and I always say like, God, the universe was like, I'm making you so uncomfortable because you, now it's time for you to leave. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I just took the leap mm-hmm. and just hit the ground running. I set everything up. Like I'm not, I'm still a planner and, you know, I process everything. So I planned everything. So the day I, you know, turn on the switch to Red Ink Enterprises, I was ready. Same day I quit, business was launched. Wow. So how, you know, the, that, how did you reconcile and move past the whole corporate America is the dream? Because it wasn't, it didn't feel like it. Um, I've experienced a lot in my many years in corporate America. Um, marginalization. Again, I'm always proving myself over and over again, starting jobs beneath me because I got to get my foot in the door again. Um, All of those things. And the thing is, if you're meant to be there, it should not be that hard. And this is not to say people who are in corporate America, some people love it. They dream of the corner office and I have that dream and do it. It's not for everybody. And that's okay too. That's why you hire consultants. That's why you need employees. Period. And go and get that red ink in. Okay, go on there. That's where, that's, where, that's where your friend be like, and go and check that website out. Okay, I can't help myself. That's that spirit. I'm sorry, that spirit started moving. I had to let it, I couldn't let it go. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Toy. I'm one of them people. I was like, and when I get that VP, I'm about to be it. Y'all, the, I'm the one, right? I made it. But once again, you said something that really resonated with me is that toughen it through, right? Toughen it through has been always that battle cry of, especially when you've been the only or on the upper underrepresented group, you've had to always go through it. 
right? It hasn't been an option to exit or get off. You always had to go through it. And so, you know, uh, Liz talks a lot about, you know, that privilege, like when your privilege show up. And that's when it showed up for me because I'll, I'll be honest, when I had this same conversation with myself, like, nah, we're going to have to push through, sis. Like, we got to get, and we're going to go, we're going to prove people wrong. You know, you're going to achieve these goals. We're going to do these things. And that's ceiling. Not only was that ceiling just keep, keep banging my head through ceiling, I mean, I had to access the ceiling. But what happened was, once again, one of those moments when you realize your access is different, I'm talking to my family, right? Keep in mind, working class folks, right? Working class, aspiring middle class. They were like, well, if it's so hard, why don't you just stop? Do something different. Hey, wait a minute. Ain't you the same person told me you pushed through? Where does this exit come from? And this is what they said. They were like, oh, because you are now at a different place in your life where you don't have to survive. You can, you have enough, hopefully, you know, they gave me the wink, wink, hope your money, right? But (laughs) don't be doing nothing crazy. But you at the point where you can financially plan to do something different, unlike our experiences have provided us. And that's that moment. Oh, I unveiled another level in the game (laughs) that's available to me, that uh, access and some privileges that I could now choose not to go through, but to take my exit and do something different. So I, hearing you say it specifically has just like, was a eureka moment. Like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't no longer the push through. It wasn't required for me. That's so interesting that you say that, Shara, because one of like my guilts from exiting corporate America was the, un- the, the, again, going back to Matias, the ungratefulness, right? Like, man, like I, I'm, I feel ungrateful for exiting corporate America and moving towards entrepreneurship, which I know is pursuing my passion, pursuing my purpose, pursuing my vision and mission in life. But I feel ungrateful because I feel like I'm exiting something that is seemingly secure, is seemingly, you know, uh, it's there, you're earning a certain amount of money, way more than a lot of your family members. And it's like, and you want more? Like m- more of everything, right? Like more of like, and, and really, it's not just about the money, right? It is about, but that's nice too. But it's also about like my legacy and my vision and mission. Don't lie, y'all. Y'all know money's a big thing, okay? But still. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I, I'm glad to hear that your family says that, especially coming from that background, because I made assumptions and now here I go again, my coaching, I'm making assumptions of what my family would say. If I, if you know, like as I, as I left corporate America, I've been making assumptions of what they, what they're saying about me. Like, oh, look at that girl. She's so ungrateful, but they're not saying that, are they? They're not. If they want you to be happy and most people do who love you who care about you, like, okay, this is apparently not your space. What is it that you want to do? What is your next move? How can I support you? That's yeah. what people say, who care about you. So what would you tell that version in this journey that you went through from going corporate to entrepreneur? What would you tell now in where you're at right now in your life and in your journey in this entrepreneurship? What would you tell that person or that version of toy? Um, examine everything, try everything. Uh, I mean, you can look at your worst case scenario and move from that. 
I always was, I always played it safe because that's what you're supposed to do because I, I didn't have a safety net. But if I, I don't now, pass, fail, whatever happens, it's on me. Okay, Toy, what is, what is the worst thing that could happen? That, that's it. My worst case today is you have to go back to corporate America. I didn't hate corporate America. I would just find a space that was more suited for my abilities, that respected me and gave me the things that I needed to be productive and excel. If that's the worst thing that could happen, just do it. Plan, mind you, but do it. I mean, break, break, was it break your soul or break my soul? Beyonce got it. Oh, that's right. You won't break my soul. Okay. Every, day. every day, every day. I play but that I want people day. to understand that she's like, do it responsibly. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but I, but I get it. And so I love that it's now a song that could move spirits to be like, okay, I can possibly do mm-hmm. something different. Where do I start? Yeah. She planted a seed in people who never even considered that they had other options. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I I play that song all the time and that is my like battle cry, right? Like it's like, you're not gonna break me. Like, come on, I get it. Come on, bring on all ye scary conversations. Bring all <laughs> ye uh, nonsense. Bring all ye, guess what? You're not gonna break me because I'm in my purpose, right? So that's the thing. One of the things that I just wanna shout out, right? Is when you are at that pivot point, when you at that point where it's you can't go through, like it's it's not it's not even about going through it if you can waver it or not. You just choosing not to. That a lot of that is really just yourself, just starting to really get that confidence. To like I know I could do something else. Like just pull it up, pull that, pull it up. I know I could do something else, and I know I could do something else with. I know I could do something else in my community with my community, or you know, ask for help. I know that I can do it. It's just because once again, that resistance, when you know you're supposed to be doing more, it just starts to really fill you up. But when we're speaking of resistance, I I, I can't help myself because I'm nosy about this book. So what, (laughs) what is the core concepts about, you know, um, your book and what are some of those conversations like your clients call scary and what kind of advice do you give them? Because I, I, I gotta know, like, I haven't read the book. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't read the book. Now I got, I own the book, but okay. sitting there looking at me, I just be like, guess what? I know that person. You know what I mean? Just saying. Like, like anything else though, books are called to you when you need them, when you need it, when it costs, it'll be there. That's the important thing. So there is absolutely no judgment. Um, I will say just overall that like, it's called talk about it, 12 steps to transformational conversations, even when you disagree. Because we tend to have a lot of transactional conversations. A and B, C and D, thanks, goodbye. What does transformation look like? Transformation is really about having epiphanies about yourself, about the other person, about an experience, learning something new and building strong connection and a deeper level of understanding. So with these 12 steps, and just as an overview, these are not all the steps, but it's just like, how do you prepare for the conversation? Are you, why do you believe what you believe? What are your resources? Did you, when you invited the person in, did you prepare them for the conversation? Because it might, they might have triggers. You might have triggers and you guys both prepare for that. How do you really hold space? What is it that you want to know? How would that change your mind when you hear certain things? How would you respond? How are you going to just really kind of navigate the conversation through its ebbs and flows? What do you feel when you hear certain things? Um, 
is that going to stop it? Are you safe? Are you making sure that person's safe? And if you don't feel safe, how do you remove yourself? If you do feel safe and it's really a really good conversation and you want to continue, what does that even look like? Because even in the book, there, there are steps, there are how-tos, do's and don'ts, and stories. Because what? I like stories. And I think stories build connection. So that's the book, like, completely summarized in two seconds. But I think it's so, it's helpful because it's so practical. It's not like so much research. It really is like, this is, if you say this, how does this feel? What happens when you say this instead? Mm. Now, you know, Cheryl, what I'm going to do, you know what I'm going to do? Because we had another author on, you know, I'm going to add this to our. Stop. Don't do it. She coming. She coming. Toy. Toy. She coming. (laughs) She coming. She coming. Don't look at her eyes. <laughs> she coming. She wants some. Let me show you my little earrings with little puppies because they're cute, right? You can't say no to a little like little puppy. Um, so we're gonna have this uh, book club that we're gonna start. We have another author that we're gonna kick off. Would you be open to uh to come in like if we put together a book club, coming and speaking again on more than words with our book club members? Absolutely. You're gonna ask me if I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. See, let's talk about it. <laughs> I tried to tell you. I was trying to tell you. I was like, look me in the eye. She coming. She wants something. Toy was not bad no too. I said, all right, she might ask you something. I knew it was coming. But you know, one of the things, um, Toy, I mean, first of all, thank you for doing that. Cause Liz, Liz, go for it. I just be just trying to warn people, like, I don't know, it's coming. I don't know what she about to ask you, but I know it's coming. Cause you can tell when she's building up. You can yeah. build it up. Yeah. Uh, but I, w- I think something that we both love about you is, you know, the fact that you show up so authentically and you yeah. mentioned that before, you know, I, I guess just what has just been your journey to just being, being more aware of your authenticity in spaces and, and how do you coach other people about, you know, really embracing themselves? Um, the journey is, I remember what it's like to hide. And what result, what outcomes that garnered, which were not desirable, because you could, if you're not authentic, then you can't really trust if the other people you engage are because they're not meeting your full self. So if I wanted the relationships that I desired, which were authentic, loving, um, whole, then I needed to come in that way. How people showed up for me was actually on them, but because I'm so authentic, I'm in my, I'm rooted in myself. I could see and sense inauthenticity quickly. And I'm like, you're not ready for being embraced by someone like me. Because all I'm going to do is love you regardless. And you're going to be like, I don't know. I've never had that before because you've never been that before. And so when I coach individuals about how to really show up for themselves, you kind of ask like, so what has it been like? Because children show up as themselves. so. What happened? How, how, how is this serving you? What would happen if you became more authentic and just went into a space? And as you, what's the fear? Now, let's talk about that fear. Let's examine it. And what happens if you did it anyway? So we hear that that's that's so powerful. And thank you for sharing that toy. But one of the things that I always hear is like 
people talking about authenticity in workplaces and like bringing your whole self into work. And people are like, well, I don't want you to be authentic at work. And I don't want, you know, like workplace isn't the place that you should be bringing your whole self at whole self at work. But when people say, well, I want you to be able to come as you are and be authentic. What does that mean for you in terms of a workplace or any, any place really? If I'm talking to a, a team or a group in a workplace, I usually say bring your professional authentic selves, bring your professional whole selves, because nobody needs to see what I look like in the morning, right? <laughs> nobody needs to see me when I'm grumpy or I'm angry about something that's not work-related. So your professional self is still being authentic, being open, being receptive, and all of those things, not hiding who you are for the sake of. It is being mindful that you're in a space where you are working for someone else without hindering or causing harm to yourself. Because I would say right now, when Liz asked that question, I thought she was being shady. I ain't going to lie because... <laughs> um, Wait, what? I, no, because you know, Liz, you know, when, when, I, when Liz and I used to work together, I used to be like, listen, so this organization, they prepare for your whole self. We can only handle for you to bring your best self to work. And that's what I kept telling people because they, you know, it was a whole movement around authenticity. I said, wait a minute now, your this environment ain't built for that. We not, we ain't have all the structures for your well-being. And at the time, I mean, I'm just gonna make a little jokey joke, but at the, at the time, people was talking stuff like we need dog insurance and we need this. I said, well, what about caregiver leave? Like, can we start there first before we get the dogs insurance? No shade if anybody got dog insurance. Respect, I love love that. Don't get no Peter on me. But I'm just saying, like, there's some there's some levels to this thing, including what authenticity means. Because once again. When, when some people say that word, right, a whole self versus being authentic, that could mean I want to come in my pajama pants versus the fact that I want to speak more openly in my work environment, or I don't have to feel, feel more yeah. um, encouraged to be innovative versus some of the benefits that may be more authentic. Like, I don't want to do these things versus the fact that I need these things to be my best self. And so those are some of the things that I think often show, show up, but I thought Liz was being shady there for a second, but I had to come on back. I had to come on. I was being shady. Well, because I always like the, the resistance, right? I like to know the other side. And many people in, in the work that we do as facilitators is a whole group who resists. DEI. I mean, look what's happening in Florida, right? At this time. And uh, one of the things is, I, one of the comments that I often hear is like, similar to what you just said, Shara, like, well, my authentic self is to be in pajamas. Like, that's what I want to come as. Like, they can't come as that. So a lot of times I hear that from, from opposing sides to this work, right? As opposed to saying, Actually, like if you just sat down and you talked about it and you, you talked a little bit about the other person's experiences, you realize that this is something that having open dialogue, having people be able to, to, to be able to speak up in, an, in a workplace environment and feel safe in a workplace environment, depending on whatever that means to them, um, that that is very much needed, right? It's like, it's always going to the opposite end of pajamas. Like, why are we going to pajamas? You're kind of deflecting right. what we really need here. <laughs> like, don't bring the pajamas. It's almost like that's the end of the conversation. Oh, well, you want to bring your pajamas? And then that's it, right? It, it cuts. <laughs> and I'm usually like, as a matter of fact, I don't. Um, and that to me is not being authentic. That's a choice of wear. That's a choice right. of clothing. 
So I was like, now you're you're just really minimizing what authenticity is. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so when we talk about uh, being authentic as a person, as a human being, if you relegate that, that down to pajamas, then you really are pushing against the true meaning of what the work is mm. purposefully. And so let's talk about that. I love that. Yes, let's talk about that. That's a great way. as Because we, at the end of our episode, we usually have a moment of reflection for our listeners. Good reflection. One, like, what is, go ahead. Wait, wait, Liz, before you go there, I, I do have, a, I just want to offer, I just want to ask Toy one more question because, you know, I think oftentimes, you know, Liz and I come across very extroverted and you, you have, you claim introversion, right? <laughs> um, you know, know. You, you claim it and I, I believe you believe it in your spirit. And, um, <laughs> but when I, but, but one thing I will say about you is if that is the pay, the space in which you show up, I will say that when I experience you, I, if you never told me, right, that you, you lean more to introversion, I would have never thought that because <laughs> when I'm in a space with you, I, once again, it's the way you show up. You show up in a way that you're always present and engaged and actively a part of what it is that we're trying to do you never put it as something that's holding you back it's almost like you push it forward and allow that to be your power in the space I just want to at least give the audience a chance to say is there something that you have learned that might be useful for those who are like I love this work but my introversion is getting away sometimes because it's exhausting in some form or fashion, but I know I could be amazing in this space. Uh, my advice is to always know your why. My why is simply, I, I want people to always be honored, respected, loved every day, wherever they are, as they are. Um, and I want them to feel welcomed, right? So how do I do that? I have to be present. And when I don't want to be, or if I just can't, I, I tell them like, this, this might not be the time. This time doesn't really work for me, but I care about you because I genuinely care about other people. I care about their experiences. I couldn't do this work otherwise because it, it is a lot. It's a lot to carry. It's, it's so much. But through the tools that I learned through CDI and uh, Veritas Culture, being engaged with the work with other people, other consultants, the community like yourselves, it makes it so much easier because I know I'm not doing this by myself. Ooh, child, that was it right there. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was like, ooh, that just came on over me. I, I don't know, Liz, you got to close it out. You know, like, <laughs> I, 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 I started listening to the episode and forgot I was supposed to be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I forgot I was a host. I started listening to the podcast. I was about to hit, I was about to hit rewind. Okay, wait, what is that? When is the 30 <laughs> second? I got to quote this. I got to quote gracious. <laughs> I'm so tired of them. I had to put that on pause. I was like, oh, I think I'm done for the day. Let me go right now. I forgot we were recording the podcast. We were like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Child, that's a me. We got to format and we got to close things out. No, that's, yeah, you're absolutely right, Toy. That's, I mean, I, I think um, the all these experiences and these different journeys, like if we really step back and think about it, like it really shapes who we are and how we show up the into different places and when we start thinking about others and we start thinking about um 
I'm not saying putting others first above you. I'm just saying taking their stories and their perspectives into consideration. We really will have so much shift in so many different ways. It's like, get out of your way. You are your only person in your own way. And we all have fears. We all have, again, the loss and, and grief. We all grief and we all lose different things. And and that's what shapes us and, and our reasons why we do certain things. But understanding this and, and bringing self-awareness to one another, to ourselves, that it, that's where the big shift is going to change. And if we can do it in a way that seems more authentic, right, that is more authentic, i.e. these podcasts, i.e., your book, getting together with your mom's club or your your church group or whatever, and and um and and reading those kind of books and and like I'm adding you to different book clubs here. That's it. But but like you know what I mean. Like if you just kind of have the tools and the resources, some of these behaviors you have to undo, like behaviors that you've learned watching your family. Different, gener- different generational traumas, different workplace traumas, and they shape you who you are. And as you, you need those resources and you need those tools and you need those community members. And you also need accountability partners, right, to help you shift yourself and wherever shape you want to go, wherever you want to go. Because doing it solo isn't going to work. It has to be a collective experience. True. And I, and I would just add to one thing that you said, as opposed to putting people above you or you above them, bring them with you. That's the goal. Yeah, we're, absolutely. We're all together. Like we're all with different experiences, but we're all together and we can share those things and recognize our full humanness. I just think that that is a beautiful experience when you get a group of people together and they just honor each other and themselves. So beautiful. Look at this group. Yeah. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. It's true. I true. I, I think because I'm sitting here I'm quiet because I was like, you know what? That that comparison is real, real decisive. Like just sitting there comparing and trying to constantly get to whatever the other comparison is. That's what has exhausted so many people, right? Living in that comparison and and not realizing that it's the comparison driving you and not your goals and vision or why. So I, I think that's just one of the things that just stood out for me for a moment because I'm like, you're right. We spend a lot of time comparing for a, a lot of our life, like we're in school and other places. But when you're right, it's something that happens that's vision driven at a certain point in your life where it's like my why, my vision, my values that then has to move me, right? It's not, you know, it's the next car or the next this. It's nothing that strong just yet. So that's going to pull you hard enough, consistently enough for the rest, you know, the rest of your 30 years or 40, 50, 60 years of life. It's like, you got to have something more meaningful um, or at least those who have opened up that have that openness for yeah. something more meaningful. And surrounding yourself with the community is going to level you up too, right? Yeah. So, and support you, this but yeah, exactly. Your, your support system. So Toy, one of the things that we like to do with our guests is um, share with people, our listeners, any favorite resources that you have at one is your book. Duh. I think we plugged that in a couple of times. It's great. Let's plug it in yeah, one more time. Yeah. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, but I, I hope you've already, it's already delivered, right, at your house. But um, what other resources would you tell our listeners that some of, some of your go-to resources? Um, and I think I shared this with you guys. My primary go-to are my is my community. 
to forge those relationships. Um, there are plenty of books about every topic. There are plenty of shows. Um, find really good podcasts like yours because this is very authentic and it's honest and it's funny and it's all of those amazing things. So find the things that speak to you, that motivate you, and that also educate you. Um, but my my go-to is always my community because there are people who've been in this space for years and there are people who are newer who just have a different perspectives I could learn from. Mm-hmm. The community so, is strong though. You're right. Like that's when, been the winning ticket. Like I'll be mm-hmm. honest, out of all the things I took away from 2020, community was one of those ones that I, uh, I, I will say that I'm so glad I found it when I did. I mean, it's almost like you was you knew it was already there, right? Like we didn't just all of a sudden find a community just out of nowhere. But what <laughs> happened was you 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 extended it or you just really started maximizing it for what it was versus just letting it be transactional, right? And and not really spending the time and leaning in on the deeper conversations. But you're right. I think that community, specifically in DNI work is so important because okay. this work is so hard and you're constantly learning and growing and yeah. you and 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 you have to find places to have you know objective conversations and absolutely hilarious ones and safe places and all those things but you have to have the community that understands why you're in this work versus yeah. to judge you uh by what maybe you are experiencing through the Making work assumptions yeah absolutely right. Well, Toy, thank you so much for joining our podcast and being part of our community and like you're forever part of it now. Shara's going to connect you with different people. Just watch her magic. Like that's what she does. (laughs) That's what I know. Uh, That's what she does. So we, like I said earlier, we like to kind of finish off with a moment of reflection and you absolutely can give um, our listeners, you know, a moment of reflection. I think for me, a lot of it is like, Think about who your community is. That's what came up for me in this conversation. And also think about like what authenticity means to you and what assumptions have you been making about other people's authenticity? Uh, My reflection for today, though there's been many, um, is going through that you you have two options. You can go through and you can go through the challenges, but you can also choose the exit. You can also choose that 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 resistance that you're feeling is your the need for you to exit versus toughen it through. And for me, it's coming up not just in this work, but in relationships, things that have felt more challenging than maybe it is from a value standpoint uh, for you, right? Best for you, need for you, whatever those things may be. But it's like, if it feels that resistant, don't forget you got the exit off pause button versus the all right go harder right because that's what push you've been taught push through right no so I'm taking that away and I, I, I offer that to the audiences we're in your spaces where you could choose the pause exit or um the the no right like I'm just not right uh in your life so that you can allow the other places that you need the energy for to thrive so Toy just gave me that. Come on, Toy. I mean, <laughs> this coaching my life. This breaking that spirit and them and them questions. You just ran through the questions. Let me tell you what the book is it, uh, but it is at the same time. Like, oh, it's just the 20 questions of my just just read my life. 
you just read my life in those 20 questions. I couldn't even write them fast enough. I said, let me just read this book. I'm just going to read the book. I'm just done. I'm done. I'm going to open this book and do my part. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. That's well, exactly. I, say, I do have a gift for all of your listeners. They will be able to get a $4.99 off using the More Than Words podcast code starting today. We have right. a code. We got a code. We never had no code. Okay, code. So you'll have to shop through bookbaby.com to get it. But you know, yes. So I wanted we to go. offer that to your listeners. Yeah, Thank we'll you. put that. Yeah, we'll put that on our Instagram. What a gift. Thank you, Toy. That's yeah, that's yeah. so amazing. Uh, we'll put that on our Instagram page once the, the, the episode goes out. So yes, how amazing. Yes. Yes, listen, we ain't never had no code. I appreciate you. Look, this is a milestone. I'm like, take a picture for my mama. Somebody get a, somebody get a screen grab. Wait, let me take a picture. Right. Let me take a picture. Like, yeah, we got a code, ma. I got a code. Uh, see, like, Toy, this is why I love you. Like, I, you come into spaces, you bring joy. Um, you got to deal with these two loud people and you should still show up so authentically. But honestly, that was a moment for me. Like we never had a code. So I appreciate that. And also just thank you so much for believing in our audience, right? Like the fact that you, um, as an entrepreneur yourself, you're like, it means a lot when you make these types of decisions. So thank you so much for allowing us to take up space. And first of all, y'all, now that y'all got this code, go get two books, buy one for you and get one away. Use that code. Use that. I'm going to buy another book. I'm going on record. I'm going to get this one right now off and I'm going to buy another book. But let me just tell you, don't, don't act cheap now. This is what we're doing. I, and I have to say that because I ain't gonna lie, in my spirit, I was like, well, uh, uh, we're gonna get another book. <laughs> we're gonna get two books. <laughs> Why that cold hot? Why that cold working? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I do. But thank you guys so much for having me. This has been, of course, a joy because you guys tickle me to no end. And I still learn things and I hear stories. Like this, everything I needed. So appreciate you. Oh, I love it. All right, y'all. Well, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram at More Than Words Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, also on More Than Words Podcast. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube. Send us an email. Like, who do you want to see? What questions do you have? Do you have questions for Toy? You also can find her on Red Ink Enterprises too. We'll put her link on our on our um, Instagram page. But send us questions at Liz and Shara at morethanwordspodcast.com. All right, y'all. See y'all later. See you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.